Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And this is Minute 17. Uh, This minute starts with Dalton heading up to Tillman's office, and it ends with Cody telling Morgan just how wrong he is about Dalton. This minute is sort of the aftermath minute. Uh, from the the brawl that took up most of our previous minute. My first note is that I just think it's fantastic the way that Dalton just sort of casually strolls up the steps while there is still just a full-on brawl going on below him. Yeah, he's not really engaged in fixing anybody's mess yet because it's not his mess to fix. He is not on the clock, not for sure. I guess the next thing that we get is uh, Pat the bartender uh, crushing some ice. And he's, I get the sense watching this scene that this is something he does a lot. He makes Just up homemade ice. <laughs> well, no. He, oh, he, he, he makes, makes up like a homemade, homemade ice pack. Packs. You yeah. of all people should, I appreciate this because you've made homemade ice packs for our children and you're a DIY kind of person. But out of rice. So well, they're not just like. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. No, that's true. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. So I, I enjoy this little exchange that we get with Steve. Clearly, he wants Steve, to, his beautiful face has been marred. That's right. Steve's biggest concern is his facial appearance. Probably it's not his overall appearance, though. He's he. I think he's. I think he's worried about messing things up with his regular Saturday night thing. If you catch my drift. Yeah. You know what I can't get over in watching this is how drab all the colors are. Like everything is just beige or green or like brown. The whole bar is all terrible. I guess some of the women have some color on them. You're right. And I think that's intentional on the part of the set designers. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to see, we're going to see in not very much time from now that the double deuce is going to get a massive makeover and it's going to turn into a place that, you know, you and I might like to go to someday. Uh, it'll certainly be a much more colorful place for sure. So yeah. it's, it's good that you noticed that. I wrote down here that just Morgan seems very amused by the entire thing. Like he really seems like he is kind of enjoyed what has happened to everybody. Uh, and I also wrote down as a real life professional wrestler, he probably was. I think he I has like at the beginning of this, the minute and the end of the brawl scenes, like he has a big um, throwdown with somebody and he is also given plenty of room to, you know, do his over the head maneuver in there. Absolutely. But in this, so like, for example, in this minute, if you scrub ahead to second 14, like yeah. look at the look he's giving to Steve as Steve is attempting to reduce the shiner that's about to erupt over his right eye. Like yeah. he is loving it. He has a grin from ear to ear. He's like, happy about this is this is where Morgan lives and works. He just is is loving loving life right now. Uh, at least he will for another couple of minutes. And so I think we have to get to Morgan's line because it is a classic line in this movie. But this is a family friendly podcast, so maybe we won't go into a huge amount of detail about what's in this line. Um, but I'll just say, you know, this is where Morgan says. You know, I heard you had balls, and I'm just going to kind of leave the rest of the quote there. And he says, but you don't look like much to me. What I've just written down in my notes here is this line is not in the script. And I think I mentioned to you in a previous minute when we were talking about Terry Funk, that he was well-known and 
appreciated by the rest of the cast for ad-libbing and coming up with lines on the day. I would bet you dollars to donuts that this is a line that he came up with on his own. This That's this line has Terry Funk written all over it. That's fantastic. You have any thoughts about this particular piece of dialogue in our family-friendly podcast? <laughs> no, we've already had our discussion about it off of the podcast. We have. And listeners, if you come to our non-existent Patreon account, or if you sign up for some of the Roadhouse Minute After Dark segments that also don't exist, you'll get <laughs> to hear what we said about it. Uh, I have a very well-reasoned, rational opinion about this, and Marcy just takes it right into the gutter. Well, the yeah, I, I don't think that... You're dancing around what he said is the right meaning of that. Well, tell you what, let's follow up with what, let's, let us continue talking about what happens after that. Because again, one of the things I love is what happens right after this though, because when Morgan says this thing, which is clearly designed to just kind of put Dalton uh, off balance a little bit, Dalton just comes right back at him and says, opinions vary. Yep. And, and the way that he looks at Morgan it's exactly the same way that he looked at those bikers. Dalton has this ability with his eyes to just make grown men tuck their tail between their legs and run. Mm. Like he can just make somebody cower just with a half second stare. And yeah. I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, he uses his look, he uses his voice and he doesn't even, he doesn't have, have to yell. Like his voice just says, I could break you in half. I don't care how big you are. <laughs> That's just, that's what I got out of that particular exchange. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think he's a lethal weapon. He's um, taught. Well, as we're going to find out, unfortunately, he is a lethal weapon. Um, but I, I, he's I coiled, ready to spring. That is another good way. So, yeah. So, like a, like a cobra. Like a cobra. He's like all a muscle, cobra. all muscle hidden under a very loose jacket and that's, pleated pants. That's right. Pleated pants. I'm on the, just so you know, every time I see Dalton now, I'm on the lookout to see if he's in pleated pants. Sometimes can we, can we tell? Sometimes I can't tell, but I'm going to depend on you to point out when he's in his pleated pants. Oh, um... What else? After that, we sort of, you know, camera pants to the left and we get to see Cody and the members of Cody's band and they have found their uh, female companions for the night. The person that Cody's with is credited in the credits as Cody's girlfriend. Yeah. So clearly these are not just sort of groupies. These are people that um, seem like they at least have had some sort of length of time spending with at least at least Cody and probably with the other members of the band. I would just go out there and say, like, these guys are at the um, roadhouse for a long period of time. And I don't feel like Cody is a one night stand kind of guy. I feel better about him having a girlfriend. And I also think that it would be like a one night stand when you're in the same place all the time seems not as reasonable as if you're a traveling band and you're kind of like moving around and leaving people behind. Totally agree with you. I agree with everything that you just said there. Do you have any thoughts about these particular women? I have a couple, no, in, I mean, I have like a couple of some, notes. There's some classic hair there. I had a girlfriend when I was in middle school that had the um, brown hair on the right, the exact same hairdo. It was like a perm plus that poof in the front. Oh, yes. She looked just like that, that gal there. When you say on the right, you're talking about the one. There's a uh, redhead, a blonde, and a brown. 
it, would it be would it be out of line to say that she's sporting a female mullet? No, I mean not terribly. I mean the way you have to cut that is that you've got a lot of short hair in the front and on the top to make that bang poof. It's all business in the front. It's all party in the back. Yeah, I think that's a female mullet. Yep. I'm going to add that to the list. Uh, I don't have a lot of information about these three particular women. It may not surprise you to find out that uh, at least Cody's girlfriend, the blonde in the middle, has several credits in the IMDb as a Playboy playmate. Oh, my goodness. And I Um, think, as I have heard somewhere, um, I think it was in the director's commentary, uh, a lot of the women, like the women in the pool scene that we're going to get to, were sort of found by Joel Silver from, from Playboy. How do you feel about that woman's shirt? The white with black, is it cow spots or are those cheetah spots? Oh, I definitely think that is a cow print. Those are the black and white Holsteins. Um, Marcy, you are our fashion correspondent. So I'm going to, I'm going to stand back and let you go. I just wanted to hear what you thought that was because I gave you two options and like a cow print is the worst possible thing that you could. Well, it's, it's clearly cow. I mean, because it's white, it, like I think it's a, supposed a to jaguar be... or a cheetah is not white and black. It's yellow and black. I know. That's why it's so weird. It's like wearing camouflage. That's purple. It, it, it would be good camouflage. Well, you know, maybe in Jasper, Missouri, where I'm guessing there's a lot of dairy farms, maybe that is good camouflage. What woman is going to want to wear a cow print shirt, though? That's what she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me I'm wrong. You're our, fashion, you're our fashion consultant. Off the shoulder. What do, I'll turn this print. question around. What do you think about her off the shoulder cow print blouse? Well, I think it's nice in the way that it makes her stand out in the whole tableau here that she's got this bold black and white, but I don't think it's a very attractive shirt. I mean, if you look at, so now I'm looking at the whole minute, let's, uh, we don't, we don't normally do this very much, but like of these, of these three lovely ladies, they're all wearing different combinations of tops. We've got uh, on the left, it appears to be something completely off the shoulder. I think you might also, you might even be like a tube top. Yeah. Uh, in the middle, we have off the shoulder cow print. And on the right, we have a, uh, give me a chance. I'm going to try to get this right. We have a solid black tank top. That's, that's more like a bra. Her midriff is showing. That's fair. That's it fair. looks so, like a sports bra, but like that feels like way earlier than sports bras were a thing to wear just as clothing. Nobody was wearing sports bras back in the eighties. And I, doubt she's looking for shall we say that level of restraint yeah. um so out of these three looks why don't you let's let's power rank these looks from first second third well definitely the as you described cow print is the best okay because it's bold and it's you know you can kind of see it coming um and then <laughs> <laughs> then the... i'm sorry just that particular phrase makes me think of like the three of them like racing towards you and then someone say look there she is there coming she in is. her cow print get her cow print okay go ahead um and then i might i'll probably put the tube top next and then the sports bra last i think that sports bra it's not very interesting it's fair what do you it's think fair. do you like the look of a no strap shirt that's like a tube shirt no, I, 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 you'd put that at the end. I would, I, I, I think, I think I would agree. Well, I, oh, sorry. So yeah. So I guess, I guess I would go cow print tank top tube top. 
Okay. This is some classy audio that we're recording right now. Um, the man that the man with that tube tops with has got a white tank top on and what looks like a man purse and a little scarf. Yeah. It's it's, it's like a I no, I think that's a bandana. I think from a previous scene we actually saw him with his bandana. Well, why is he wearing a strappy man purse? Well, that's a really good question. It's possible it, he has carrying around his equipment. It's possible he still has his guitar strapped to his chest. I can't remember if that's the drummer or the guitarist. In the last scene, there's no man that has a white tank top on. Hmm. The drummer has a what looks like a black tank top on, and the guitarist has a wide strap and a white T-shirt on. Well, they've this changed. This is a mystery. They've changed their clothing. Now he's got a man purse going on. That's very confusing. It's fine All with right, me. Roadhouse. It's fine with me. So just to finish up the action in this minute, uh, we get this classic exchange between Cody and Morgan. So after Dalton puts Morgan in his place, Morgan seems to try to investigate a little bit more and asks Cody what Dalton's story is. And Cody's, Cody's reply is, the story is you F with him. He'll seal your fate. That line bleeds over a little bit to the next minute, but I mm -hmm. think we can include it here. What do you think about that? I think it sounds very ominous and like, you know, like we saw that dude sitting at the bar giggling and then he gets it in the head with a, a bottle. It's like, oh, uh, Morgan's the first to go for sure. No, that's fair. Um, Stuff's going to go down right away with, for him. Do you think so? We're I'm kind of I'm looking ahead a little bit. We know that some bad stuff went down with Dalton in Memphis. Uh, do you think based on this line here, that Cody was there in Memphis with him? Or do you think he just heard about it after the fact? I think he was there. You think he was there? So not only has he been with Dalton in Dayton, that's a hard thing to say, he was also with Dalton in Memphis, and now he's here in Jasper. Sure, yeah. All right, that's fair. I mean, none of those places are terribly far away from each other, so it's possible. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts about the action in this minute? Um, no, but I did see that uh, the waitress is indeed a waitress because she is, like, cleaning up at the She's very beginning. She's still in this minute dressed in her TGI Friday's best. She looks so out of place. She's got, I don't know, she looks like an old school marm in that outfit. I think it's more her hairstyle that makes her look out of place. She looks like she's getting ready for the first day of junior high school. She's, yeah, and she's got, like, this black skirt on. She definitely looks like if, like, tips were going to be made on some sort of sex appeal, she is not going to get any tips. Wow. Well, I think sometimes... In our family-friendly podcast, that's a strong take there, Marcy. Sometimes there's a little bit of, like... Like, I feel like Carrie Ann is a little bit more sexualized in her approach to waitressing than this woman is well, maybe this is just my personal prejudice but i don't think that carrie ann is really working it either with the patrons although maybe. unfortunately they do seem to be able to grab her more than they seem to be able to grab onto stella yeah maybe stella is just more elusive i have this here in my notes amazingly enough this is our first minute of the entire movie so this is minute 17 this is our first minute of the movie with no song and no score oh whoa this is our first uh, and actually, it's going to be our first of a couple minutes in a row with no, like, theme behind it. Oh, I didn't even notice. It's a little break. And now, in our character uh, or actor spotlight, we're going we're gonna to return to someone from a previous minute, um, Terry Funk. But we're actually going to talk a little bit about Morgan. 
because uh, for the major character in this movie, I think it's nice to kind of talk about both the actor and the character. So we talked about Terry Funk a couple of minutes ago. Let's talk about Morgan. So what do we know about Morgan? He's the cooler at the double deuce until Dalton arrives. He is going to, spoiler alert, he's actually going to uh, get fired in a couple of minutes, and he's going to go over to the dark side, join up with our villain, Brad Wesley. He sort of seems to be the polar opposite of Dalton, and his his particular fighting style is to, to grapple and brawl. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about the character of Morgan? Well, I think... You know, you kind of get this set up as like this meathead dude that, you know, is trying to play a bunch of different angles, but, you know, definitely doesn't um, have a finesse to him. He's like a blunt instrument, as M would say from James Bond. Uh, yes, although there's no way I would put Morgan and uh, Roger or Daniel Craig James Bond in the same uh, no. particular sentence. That's there. for sure. If Daniel Craig James Bond is a blunt instrument, then, like, Morgan is a rock. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, a, he's a piece of plywood. Yeah. Um, how do you think that Morgan came to ascend to this lofty post? Well, I think the double deuce is not a great place to work. And so they kind of have been picking up some stray dogs. And he just happens to be maybe the one that bites harder than the other ones. He definitely looks like he can kick more butt than other people. So maybe in the pecking order of male figuring out who is the top dog, he just kind of like could literally pick everybody up and throw them. So I think that's probably a good uh, good rationale there. How long, just so just one more sort of supposed question. How long do you imagine that Morgan has been um top dog here at the double deuce i think at least two and a half years two and a half years wow no wonder no wonder things have gotten so bad yeah i mean and and, you know maybe it was all right before maybe it wasn't but he's just been he's just been slagging it you know so do you think do you think morgan predates tillman yes so you think morgan was working at the double deuce under the previous owner tillman has come into a little bit of money he wants to make a better life for himself. So his first step is going to be to hire someone to come in and get rid of Morgan and start cleaning this place up. Well, how long do you think Tillman's owned the double deuce? It's a really good question. We've been debating his backstory for a long time. You seem to think that he hit it big on the uh, at the uh, pie gow tables in Vegas, and now he's flush with cash. So if... If we go by your story, my guess is not very long, like maybe yeah. maybe three months, just long enough for him to have bought the double deuce and to realize how much of a hellhole it is and that he needs to take drastic action right away. Yep. Now, if you go by my line of reasoning, which is that he was like the best boat dealer in Missouri and now has accumulated enough money to buy a double the double deuce, I'm going to give him a little bit longer, like six to nine months, because I think he probably thought he could handle it on his own, like he handled everything else in his life. But now he realizes, like, this situation is untenable. I'm at the end of my rope. I got to do do better than this. Do you think all of these employees have been with him before? No. Or all the time, like, he hired Morgan? No, I'm going to go out on a limb. did he inherit Morgan? Because we know, I think Morgan probably at least has some rough 
interaction with Brad Wesley, even before he goes over and starts just straight up working for him. Mm-hmm. I think no matter how Tillman got to this place, he arrived at a place at BM or AM after Morgan. So Why do you have to abbreviate everything? Because I work in computer science. No, have we, you, ha- you have don't. We, have we met? But it's just, oh, it's just a couple extra syllables. I know. Okay, lovey. It's part of my charm. After Morgan. After Morgan, yes. I think Tillman is after Morgan. We're in agreement on that. Are you ready to do some crowd surfing for real this time? Really? Yes. Well, now you've caught me blindsided because there's not much of a crowd left. Well, keep in mind that this minute begins with the end of the brawl. So, oh, so I could that's where I went there. to. Tell you what, would you like me to go first? Yeah. All right. So, my pick for crowd surfing in this minute is if you watch at the beginning of this minute, there's a guy here. He he punches out two other people. First, he punches out one guy, and then his partner helps the man who's about to get punched. He helps him down to the ground, helps turn him around so that he can get punched out. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the guy in the red shirt. Do you see who I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think this goes back to what you were saying before, that these fight scenes are almost like dances. And clearly, this is choreographed as punch out person number one, his friend will allow him to fall to the ground, then don't worry, he will reorient you per- perfectly so that you can punch him out too. Yeah. That's Because it's pick. all supposed to happen so fast that you're not really supposed to see it very well. Plus, they probably had to do this like five or ten times in a row yeah, just to kind of get everything Yeah, a lot there. of chaos happening. So that's my pick. My pick is for Red Shirt Man, who yeah. makes sure that he really gets what's coming to him. What about you? Um, I think my pick is for the dude that's getting thrown by Morgan. <laughs> so you're picking that dude. That I think dude... it's the same guy as the last time he threw him. He what? looks like he's wearing the same outfit. Wait, so uh, hold on a second. Same build. I, I just, I want to, I want to just clarify what you're saying. Are you suggesting that it's the same stunt man and he's playing the role of two different bar patrons? Or are you suggesting that Morgan body slammed someone who then decided he wanted to come back for more and got himself body slammed again. I'm just thinking that it's the exact same person because, like I said before, this melee is going on very quickly. And who's really going to stop and look at it super closely except for, you know, 40 years in the future, these two people that are podcasting? Um, so I really do think that it's just the same person. And they just, like, Morgan's got oh. this stunt man that is able to be thrown. And so why not we just, you know, do it one time for the camera there and then do it on the wide shot. We'll do it one more time. That's actually a really good suggestion, Marcy. So you're actually suggesting that the body slam that we saw in the previous minute is the same body slam. We're just seeing two different coverage angles. No, I'm suggesting it's clearly not because he doesn't slam him onto a table. Oh, that's in this a good one. point. That's a good point. I'm just suggesting that they use the same two people. So you're saying they hired a guy and they said, you know what, stuntman, your job today is to get body slammed by Terry Funk. Yeah. Enjoy. So, I mean, they only, this is such a wide shot that, you know, and there's a lot, he's in the background. So there's a lot going on in the foreground that might catch the eye. And it's just like background Terry Funk nor- noise. That is a good pick. Well, and even though it's in the background, there is no way you cannot see it. Like it, it magnetically draws your attention because it's a man holding another grown man over his head, ready to slam him to the ground. That's yeah. That's a really good pick. Do you think? Do you think this stunt man at the end of the day 
felt like I really enjoyed that day of work? Or do you feel like he felt like, oh, that was terrible? I think he felt fine about it because when these guys fall, they're not hurting themselves most of the time unless they've really messed up. It is the same dude. I just rewound. He does do a nice reverse ninja roll from a previous minute. Yeah. Um, you can tell that he knows how to fall. I think you are, I think you're being a little over generous to say that he doesn't feel it at all. I think there probably are still some black and blue bruises at the end of the day. Well, in some movies, like our favorite movie of all time, The Princess Bride. Well, um, when did that become our favorite movie of all time? The, the stunt people fall on what are clearly mattresses, um, not so cleverly disguised underneath dirt. And so you can see the edges of the mattress when they fall on them. Also, they've replaced Robin Wright with apparently a 55-year-old man. Yeah. So so here we have that they don't have a mattress to fall on. So I think you're probably right. They might be bumped and bruised. But I do also think that they have a lot of skill in the choreographing that we've talked about to just be able to lift, fall, lift, fall, and not have major injuries. I think you're probably right. I think they love it. If they didn't love it, they wouldn't do it, as Brad Wesley is going to tell us later. One last thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you remember watching the... Oh, um, on the Olympics this year, I was watching a little bit of the gymnastics and speaking about um, people just falling and not getting hurt. Um, There was this woman practicing for her uneven bars, and she was doing something where she had to go from the um, low bar to the high bar and she didn't catch the high bar properly. And she just flew right over the top of it and landed completely on her face, face down, smack whole body. And she did it twice. And then the commentators chimed in to say, Oh yes, this might look alarming, but really it's one of the first things you learn in gymnastics is how to fall without hurting yourself. And so this woman would just like completely full body face plant. And I guess it doesn't hurt as much as if, if you like let the energy absorb through your whole body at once. That's a good story. Wait, just, just to clarify, are you saying she was on the high bar and she hurdled herself over the low bar or she was on the low bar and she hurdled herself over the high bar? She was on the low bar and she did this swing thing where she was coming from the low bar swinging up and she was supposed to catch the high bar with her feet on the outside. Uh-huh. So she comes with like over the top feet, feet away from the bar and she was supposed to grab the bar and she just missed the bar completely and fell from the sky completely flat on her body. Wow. And then she did it again. She did the exact same thing again. Wow. And like uh, the first time I saw it I was like, Oh my God. And then, um, you know, the commentator clarified what was happening there. You know, it would be, a, it would be a great boss move if you knew you were already up by like a half a point on the field. Cause you were such an amazing gymnast and you just decided to make that your dismount. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they roll like that, though. No, I don't think so either. Well, let's uh, take a look at Dalton's three rules. Uh, maybe we can go through this a little bit more quickly than the last time. So in terms of underestimating our opponent, certainly I have written down here, it certainly seems like Morgan is underestimating the hell out of Dalton. Oh, yeah. So and he is going to find out rel- relatively quickly uh, that he is Dalton is not a man to be trifled with. Yeah. So I've got that down. Is that sort of where you are too on that? Agreed. Rule number two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. No, this is an inside minute. We're going to go outside for the next minute though. So don't worry. Don't you worry about that. 
were the people in this minute nice? Well, I think Pat the bartender is very nice to make up these dainty little ice packs and tea towels for everyone at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Morgan's, well, I think Morgan's not nice. I think we've already covered that. Dalton and his friend are nice to each other. Yeah, I think that's fair. The girlfriends are being nice to the band. Dalton's reply to Morgan is very nice. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't come back off the yeah. top rope, so to speak. He's just like, opinions yeah. vary. Yep. Like, ask around. You might find out you're wrong. Yeah. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at @rhminute. And you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye.